0: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host Christian Ubius. And Christian, we have the pleasure of kicking off a brand new blend of the month for June. It's one that I am excited about, and since you are the curator for this month, I'll let you give it a full introduction.
1: Well... Thank you. Thank you, Scott. It is a tale of two lovers wrapped in uh, conflicting high school cliques. It is none other than 1961's West Side Story. Our first movie
0: for Hispanic Musicals Month, and Christian, you went with a classic. One that, like some movies we've watched on or for this podcast, I had not seen before. So I got to cross off a major blind spot for myself in watching West Side Story, and I was very excited to do so, I have to tell you. Did you have any relationship to this movie before watching it, or is this something that you were watching for the first time as
1: well? No, so in eighth grade, I remember in the history class, I was taking the my professor, she was the ex-wife Of one of the composers who led this first Broadway revival of West Side Story. What? Yes. And so, I I don't even know what the unit was about. Like, civil rights, maybe? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) New York? (laughs) I'm not sure. But, we took two or three class periods and just saw West Side Story. And oh my goodness i think it was my probably not my first star wars was probably my first introduction to how i could see cinema doing stuff this was definitely up there though in terms of formative christian movie making experiences
0: let's go love a good classic hollywood musical being a formative movie for you that makes me happy that's good to hear and shout out to great music teachers everywhere showing excellent movies to their students. You Shout out to the real ones. The real ones, know. Uh, Christian, I, I do want to ask, for this blend of the month, you talked about it a little bit last week, but what was the reasoning for introducing this topic for us in June? I know part of it is a movie that's releasing later this month, but wanted to know, what else is going on for you that made you want this topic to be the one we discussed in June?
1: It's a couple. There are, well, one, uh, this movie is getting a remake this year. And so that was kind of present in my mind. Another one was the, uh, there are several musicals coming out this year. Besides the West Side Story revival, Tick Tick Boom is going to come out. Dear Evan Hansen is coming out. Uh, I think Cyrano is coming out, which is a, uh, with Peter Dinklage. I think it's being adapted into a musical is maybe I'm completely off on that. I thought I read that somewhere and Annette starting at starring Adam driver. So for the first time in a while, not that musicals don't maybe musicals come out every year, but a lot of musicals are on my radar. And I think also moviegoers radars. So I looked at this and thought, what, what else is going on? And with the, kind of rise in uh, absolutely wonderful civil rights protests and uh, beliefs of furthering many different stigmatized and minority groups. This movie might have been one of the first movies to teach me about racism or probably the first movie to teach me about racism. So I'm like, why not? I think that it's, it's, Hispanic heritage in terms of musicals is pretty deep so uh, it's surprisingly deep honestly so I thought let's go into it this month see how see what we see
0: I like it let's see what we see and I'm excited to dive into these movies with you like you said there is a, a rich history here and we get to watch some old some new and I think it's going to be a good month So I will now turn it over to you to further introduce West Side Story, some of the key
1: facts and details and players. Absolutely. So this movie obviously comes out in 1961 based on the Broadway musical that came out in 1957, and it's directed by two people, Robert Weiss and Jerome Robbins. So Jerome Robbins is a master choreographer who helped direct specifically the dance sequences. And uh, Robert Weiss not only directed this movie, but is also the director of The Sound of Music and The Andromeda Strain and was the editor for Citizen Kane. Robert Weiss is honestly a Hollywood legend, so it's got amazing names that come out with it. Uh, it stars Natalie Wood, Richard Boehmer, Rita Moreno, George Chakiris, Russ Tamblyn. And the story is about a white gang. Is gang the word? It, it's weird because it's not I a street say, gang. Yes. yes, it's not a street gang, though, the way that we're used to. It's a white gang, street gang called the Jets. And the Sharks, which are their Puerto Rican counterparts. Now, one individual adjacent, but very much interwined with these two gangs uh tony on the side of the jets and marie on the side of the sharks fall in love it is a retelling of romeo and juliet as no one in their circles wants them to be together and yet they still want to it won the academy award for best picture it won a record 10 academy awards when it first came out uh rita moreno winning best supporting actress and george chigris winning best supporting actor it also, I think, topped the box office that year with $44.1 million. If it didn't top it, then it went V close to topping it. So, I, I, I love this film. I mean, I sometimes betray my thoughts on movies if I've seen them before. I do love this film. And rewatching it, I didn't... I hoped it would hold up. I thought it would hold up. And it held up much, much better than I thought it would. West Side Story is a
0: movie, one of those big Hollywood movies that took the world by storm when it first came out and it has continued to be an enduring force in Hollywood movie history. Like you said, biggest earning movie of that year, wins a million Oscars, and very, very few movies (laughs) have come close to winning 10 Oscars, let alone surpassing it. So it is up there in terms of Hollywood elite movies and musicals, and I, I'm very glad to have finally seen it myself if we can, you know, betray, like you're saying, our opinions on this before we get into the full review portion. Yeah, I'm very glad to have finally watched this. I'm with you. It's, it's an incredible movie, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it more.
1: Okay, sure, sure. Let's go into a little bit more background information. We're, we started off with that segment. Let's keep on going for a little bit more before we dive into fun facts. Uh, I kind of mentioned it that the dance sequences specifically are directed differently, or not necessarily differently, but directed by someone else. They, those are the Jerome Robbins parts. Everything else is the Robert Weiss directed parts. It's an adapted script that was altered in some significant ways. Some numbers are not the numbers as they appeared in the original Broadway musical. Also, casting wise, not all of the Puerto Ricans here are Puerto Rican. New
0: <laughs> things that have not aged well about West Side Story.
1: There, there's, there is some brownface going on here. Um, also, I'm pretty sure that there's using of other minorities. I, I think one there's one minority here who is not puerto rican that they just like put in there but i mean overall i am kind of impressed that this very socially politically viewed film came out in 1961 i mean in terms of being ahead of the times there's it's so interesting
0: yeah there's it's it's a movie where it's discussions of of race and immigrant life and even just white teenagers trying to connect to to teenagers of color. There there are some elements that have aged really well, and those are still topics of conversation today, still sometimes issues, especially within cities like New York City. And yet there are still some hallmarks of classic Hollywood. Uh, I mean, George Chakiris is a, a Greek guy from Ohio, <laughs> and he's playing Bernardo, the recently immigrated leader of this gang from Puerto Rico. So, definitely some some things about it that haven't aged well, but in terms of how Hollywood often treated minority stories, minority characters, definitely more advanced <laughs> than some of these these Hollywood films. I mean, I think about Breakfast at Tiffany's and where Mickey Rooney plays Mr. Yunioshi in an incredibly racist performance and that's coming out around the same time. I'm not it wasn't 1961, it was a few years earlier in the 50s but things like that were still happening in hollywood and so what's that story i think makes some missteps with the casting but also the i think the conversations and themes that it's bringing up are have aged better and are a little more
1: timeless okay are we ready to go into fun facts is there something you would like to bring up before we head into fun facts uh
0: you know i i don't think so i i had a, I had a couple things on my mind but it's more things that we can get into as we talk about the review so I'm good, Christian. Time for my favorite
1: segment. Dope. Fun facts. I want to start us off because it's like funny in a maybe slightly sad way, but I think it's funny. Do you know who was first offered the role of Maria before it went to Natalie Wood?
0: I do not. So it,
1: it, it was Audrey Hepburn. Speaking of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Audrey Hepburn was first offered the role of Maria, and then it went to Natalie Wood, who is the daughter of Russian immigrants. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: Good job, Hollywood. You go. You go. <laughs> Something I love, just behind the scenes stories, things that help or that the directors encouraged the performers to do to build their chemistry on set, Uh, the actors in the rival gangs were actually instructed and encouraged to play pranks on each other off the set to sort of keep the tensions high on set. And I love that (laughs) because I love those stories where people do things away from the camera to, to keep the atmosphere of the filmmaking and the story going. But you can kind of imagine some of the, the angry moments between gangs getting so real because like one guy's remembering like, whatever, he had a water balloon thrown at him or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't have a specific example, but I just thought that was funny. And the the tension between the gangs is very real and, and well well portrayed, in my opinion. So I thought that was fun.
1: Oh, absolutely. The So originally, um, this wasn't going to be a story about a white man and a Puerto Rican woman. It was originally going to be... An ill-fated romance between a Catholic boy and a Jewish girl on the Upper East Side. I don't know if it was going to be called East Side Story, but that is the... (laughs) (laughs) That was the original premise. They were like, we were going to make an East Side Story... And then one day, flipping through the papers, a headline about the rise of street gangs apparently jumped out at Jerome Robbins, and so they moved the story across the street to make it West Side Story. Wow, <laughs> I'm trying to think about the East Side
0: Story <laughs> version, and I wonder, I wonder if it has the same impact. Uh, something else that I thought is interesting, uh, obviously, a lot of these. Character actors were up for some of the same parts, you know, young, teenage, or early 20s actors going out for the lead parts. And Russ Tamblin, who plays Riff, actually went out for the part of Tony. And ultimately, he didn't get it and he was pretty disappointed. But the directors and the producers actually really liked him. And so, even though he was auditioning for Tony, they offered him the part of Riff, which he obviously accepted.
1: <laughs> uh, Robert, do you know who Robert Weiss's original choice to play Tony was?
0: It wasn't Russ Tamblin. <laughs> Who was it?
1: Elvis Presley. Oh my gosh. I actually
0: did read that. And and um Colonel Tom Parker actually was the one who shut that down (laughs) which is why Elvis did not get cast in this movie.
1: So I only have one last one, which was Jerome Robbins initially refused to work on the film unless he could direct it, because I don't think he thought anyone else could direct the choreograph the choreography the way that he could. Which bravo he's probably right looking at these numbers but let's see the one of the producers enlisted robert weiss to direct it while robbins would handle the singing and everything else because robbins kind of developed a habit of shooting numerous takes so much that the movie went over schedule and over budget so i think that at one point jerome robbins might have been thrown out
0: yeah, I was gonna. I was actually going to continue off that if you didn't finish where, where I was going to go. But to wrap up, fun fact section here. He he was in stark contrast to Robert Wise, who is known in Hollywood for bringing movies in under budget and ahead of schedule. So they were an odd couple in that. And Jerome Robbins actually was fired after going way over schedule and over budget on his dance sequences. But Robert Wise fought for him to be considered a co-director of the movie, which ultimately... He remained on there and the two would go on to become the first pair to win the Best Director Oscar. It was West Side Story was the first movie where two people won that award. It had not happened in Hollywood and would not happen again for 46 years until Joel no and Ethan Coen yeah, yeah. would win for No Country for Old Men. Uh, there were a lot of rules with the Directors Guild of America about one person getting directorial credit. I don't need to obviously go into that now, but, <laughs> but this that was a, a groundbreaking Oscars moment where the two shared credit for the win. And obviously it didn't happen again for almost 50 years.
1: You ready to break this movie apart?
0: Let's break it down, Christian. Break it down and build it back up.
1: Alright, so I did not send you I did not send you my opening question beforehand. It's alright. Hit me with it. Okay, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna slap you across the face, <laughs> take your tea mug, smash it on the ground.
0: Wait, Christian. People can't know I'm drinking tea. This is cinema trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Coming out in 1961, West Side Story was a film that not only topped the box office, but came out winning Best Picture. Rewatching this movie, though we can't transport ourselves back to 1961, what is it about such a progressive tale for that time, and I'm going to put quotes around progressive, that resonated with overall audiences across America?
0: Well, Christian, it's an excellent question. And I think I can tell you audiences people of all of all stripes will always go for a damn good musical. They have been around our country for decades. They have lasted for a long time both on stage and eventually in Hollywood obviously. The musical is a classic form and it's at its peak around this time. The 50s and the 60s really really big especially MGM making amazing musicals with um, Gene Kelly, uh, Fred Astaire, and Ginger Rogers, obviously working through the, the 40s, 50s, 60s. So the musical is just a a timeless form. And obviously, we're getting more musicals coming to Hollywood later today. But West Side Story is just a brilliant movie musical in that it is not only adapting an excellent musical, but from what little I know about the stage production, it seems like in some ways, it's elevating the original musical it's improving on it it's making it better by putting it to film and certainly there are things that a stage musical can do that a movie cannot like the just the electricity of a live performance of being in the same room as the characters those are things that you obviously can't transport to film but Robert Wise and drum robbins are able to do things here with the camera with the sets with the lighting that you could never dream of doing on a broadway stage and just the flawless execution and elevation of the musical form i think is what makes west side story a lasting hollywood classic
1: let's let's harp on that a little bit not harp i don't know what harp means <laughs> the musical numbers themselves i think that's a good jumping off point then Just right now, you saw this movie yesterday, I believe. Yes. Okay, so since it's so fresh on your mind, not even your favorite, but which musical number right now stays with you?
0: Man. I think... Oh, gosh. That's hard. And it's because, obviously, there are so many really good musical numbers in this movie. I think... I just don't even know how to answer that question because there are some that are so fun for Stephen Sondheim's, who we didn't even mention until now, but Stephen Sondheim's lyrics. So something like G-Officer Krupke, which is just this jokey song where Riff and the Jets are, if you, don't pardon, if you pardon my pun, are riffing on their relationship with the cops in How the dare you? <laughs> where it's this hilarious choreography to match the silly lyrics from Sondheim. And so it's complete, but it's completely different from some of just the beautiful dancing that, that Robbins choreographed for some of these other numbers, like obviously America, one of the biggest songs from this movie, or even the dance at the gym, which doesn't feature too much singing until uh, Maria and Tony, but uh, just this incredible choreography and and all the costumes to match uh, go with it as well. So I don't know if one has stuck in my head. I, I told you before I joked, could I say Dear Officer, or G Officer Krupke is my favorite song? <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, it, it might be a, a standard answer, which is America. Just thinking about the, the interplay of the, the boys and the girls on the rooftop is, it's a classic Hollywood scene, a classic Hollywood number. And all Rita Moreno and George Chakiris going toe to toe in that scene are just so, so wonderful. And that might be one that will stick in my head.
1: I mean, I agree with you. The two numbers that come to mind for me are the dance at the gym and America, because the the, the okay the dress dancing, so good, so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> the way that the flourishing of the dresses, like wow, and also also, maybe this is just something I've noticed. The men here, when uh, we can deconstruct masculinity and femininity, it later. But the men here, when they're dancing, I think that right, uh, something that many guys who I grew up with had an aversion to musicals because they thought that the men weren't masculine. The men in this musical are dancing in masculine ways in the traditional masculine format. And so you're not looking at this musical thinking, "Oh man, these guys are so... no, these are cool people who you're seeing, not that masculinity makes you cool." <laughs> Shout out to our to the
0: female cinema drip fans <laughs> and everybody in between.
1: Oh, abs- I mean absolutely. Not that masculinity makes you cool, not that femininity makes you cool, but these were not these were not gender bending. Not that gender bending is wrong. (laughs) I don't need to caveat all of this. I think that this is something for the time that people could look up and see, yeah, I like Riff or yeah, I like Bernardo. This is what I see in my everyday life. His personality is what I can see in my everyday life. There's, There's
0: this idea about musicals that I always think about or always think about, I'm constantly upset. No, I mean, I learned this in college. I I was on an improv team and we would do some musical improv from time to time. And we had someone who would come in and coach for us. And he would say, when did you start singing in your scene? Just like when you think of something funny to sing. And we're like, yeah. And he said, no, that's not true. You should start singing when the emotions of your scene have reached a boiling point. And the only way to keep expressing how you feel, how your character feels is by singing about it. And, Great musicals are able to capture the emotions of their characters, bring them to a boiling point, and then send them into song and or dance. And West Side Story is so good at that concept. From the very, very first scene, you have the Jets on the basketball court at the, I guess it's the playground, just standing there with that famous snap. They all start snapping together. And then they start walking away. But then what happens? they start doing ballet steps, which I've never been in the gang. I have not lived in New York city, but I'm pretty sure that people in gangs don't walk around performing ballet. And yet it makes complete sense in the context of this world, because these guys are living out the the masculinity that they feel, but it just so happens to be captured by the choreography. (laughs) And like you're saying, this is this at many times, this is, very masculine dancing and i know what you mean it's capturing the just the teenage angst (laughs) that all these guys are feeling these these forgotten runaway children i guess not runaways but these angry teenage boys who are just overflowing with emotions the only way to do it is by literally dancing around new york city and of course starting fights with other gangs but that's neither here nor there
1: i mean fellas is it wrong to get into casual dance battles with your enemies
0: obviously not let's bring it back christian
1: bring it
0: back next time we have beef on this podcast so i'm gonna grand jeté my way all the way down to your apartment
1: you'll be and i'm gonna use my host skills on zoom to mute you
0: <laughs> uh the first live cinema drip show will hash out our arguments via dance and then the, the the live audience can vote on who wins
1: that's true we should we should think about doing a live stuff. Folks, would
0: would you buy fifty dollar tickets to support the cinema trip live show? I'm just kidding. We can actually Or best offer. West side story. West side story.
1: Let's okay. Now the dance sequences and, and, and the musical numbers do lead me into another point which to me stuck out incredibly on this rewatch and that is the cinematography. The use of filters, the lighting. Oh my I, I it, it it was it, it felt like I was in a dream. It, it, it felt dreamlike and magical. The, the blurriness when they're at the school dance and they blur everyone except for Tony and Maria. And they follow them together. The differences or the use of the red filter when, um, again, I think at that dance, they're looking at each other. Or when Anita is by herself and she's just putting on stockings, but the redness is there. What were your thoughts on that?
0: Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Me. That was me. My brain, like, throughout this movie. That's a recreation of what I was thinking. Oh, my gosh. This is such a well-shot movie. And not just well-shot, but also well-set, well-staged, well-choreographed, not just in the dance, but also in the blocking. Uh, The cinematography here is by Daniel L. Fapp. And, uh, like you said, the use of color in this movie is so evocative for... Even setting apart the the sharks and the jets, the, kind of giving them each color that they're associated with. There's a scene where Tony and Maria are singing in her bedroom, and there's just, r- like, pure red behind him and pure blue behind her, kind of showing the, the two worlds that are trying to come together, but just can't get there. It, it's things like that that are so so classic hollywood something that in some ways is missing from a lot of modern hollywood movies that i so desperately wish could come back but this evocative use of color is so exciting and the camera throughout the dance sequences is so thrilling while also also not featuring too much fast editing so that we get to actually really enjoy the dance and it's not it's not numbers built in the editing room but actually getting to let the performers show off their skills oh my gosh the the way that this movie is shot is incredibly beautiful and that was one of the things that i loved the most about west side story having not seen it before being familiar with some of the songs and the general beats i sort of knew it was coming story-wise but getting to actually enjoy the movie and the movie making was what i came away from being so thrilled by
1: 100 <laughs> percent, so good but i don't just want to say so good even though it is it's when you can notice the camera work and when you can notice the colors, it's either distracting or emphasizes everything else. And in this case, we saw an emphasis that that was just so beautiful. It's almost like the one shot in Birdman, you know how I notice that it's all in one continuous take and that forces me to stick in with the characters. It's choreography, it is cinematography, with story going hand in hand,
0: yes. And something that you brought up, uh, a moment from the dance at the gym where things start to blur and we only see Tony and Maria as they are looking at each other across the room. the The feeling that West Side Story creates, kind of like we were talking about with the masculine dancing is it, it creates this sense of, of just a, a Hollywoodized New York City, almost dreamlike, as you're saying, you said a dream specifically with that moment where they, things are kind of blurring out and it's just the two of them. But eventually, of course, it just cuts where people kind of disappear off the dance floor and it's just them and three other couples dancing. Well, these two meet each other. There's this dreamlike atmosphere that they create through the, through the camera work, through the, the, the sets and then the lighting. And uh, again, it's just one of those things that is, I think, sometimes lost in modern Hollywood because we're we make they make different kinds of movies now <laughs> in Hollywood. It's big IP stories, and I'm a sucker for the Marvel Cinematic Universe for better or for worse. I love Batman for better or for worse, so I enjoy those movies. But I don't like Batman for worse. <laughs> well, we need to talk about Batman now. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I'm part of the problem in some ways, but also I, I do. You long- are. I am. I do long for. The, the storytelling that we had in some of these classic musicals, especially this, this dreamlike atmosphere, this heightened reality, which is exactly what a musical is, is often trying to be not all musicals, but a heightened sense of reality. And, and even West Side Story, I mean, I'm monologuing at this point, but like West Side Story, it was famous at the time for being gritty <laughs> telling this like grounded real story of kids on the streets of New York city while also having boys dancing across the playground, snapping at each other while they try to beat each other up flashy lighting flashy camera work all of this it's this beautiful blending of gritty realism maybe in quotes and this dreamlike musical atmosphere that's that's just so wonderful and why west side story is is still so good 60 years
1: later now the final thing that i've got for us is is an overview of the performances themselves let's you know i'll i'll start with this were there any performances that were not doing it for you? <laughs> you know, I, I forget
0: where I heard this, but I was listening to a podcast recently and I, I honestly can't remember which one it was, but West Side Story came up and they talked about how Richard bamer and Natalie Wood didn't have a lot of chemistry. So I was trying to watch for that and seeing, trying to see, especially That's what wrong. I would think of that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really agree with that take. And I, I felt like they did have good chemistry and coming away from this, I don't think there's a, a single performance that I didn't like. While there are aspects of these performances that I didn't like, like all of the non-Puerto uh, Rican actors affecting <laughs> a bad accent, like Natalie Wood tries to do as Maria, uh, some of that stuff is has not aged yeah, that very well. Yeah, was rough at times. And, and often was just not good, <laughs> like, even aside from the political correctness of it all. But I didn't come away thinking any of the performances were particularly bad. Uh, uh, was there
1: one that you didn't like? I'm, I'm curious. No. In fact, I want to... Uh, there's one I want to single out as being incredible. Tucker Smith as Ice. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going with this. Okay. I mean, obviously, I think the best performance here is Rita Moreno. I do. I She steals every single scene. In a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, she's supposed to be the nurse, and yet she added, like, this sexuality to the nurse that I did not get while reading Romeo and Juliet. But she's provocative. She's incredible. She can sing. And her dance numbers are, are so captivating. You want to follow her around and what her face is doing. I mean, I wanted to shout out Tucker Smith as Ice because when a critical moment in the movie occurs and he is forced to step up it's such a mm, kind of like digging your heels into we're supposed to be tough people i think he handles it well and i wanted to see, the number that he leads is it just called cool yeah okay i loved it it was so I don't, good <laughs> i don't think cool is the best number in the movie but i think it's Wonderful, especially when he's supposed to be taking on this added sort of pressure. So yeah, oh, shut shout out. Oh, shout out, Tucker Smith. Good for you.
0: He does not have a ton to do. And his character was actually made for, like, created for the movie. But in this adaptation where they are changing the order of some of the songs and the numbers, he ends up getting to take on a big part in Cool. Because if you haven't seen Westhead's story, this is your official spoiler alert. I'm going to explain why. Spoilers. Coming in three, two, one. It is after the rumble where Bernardo and Riff are both killed, so he is forced to take over for Riff. And I was mentioning earlier this this concept of emotional boiling points for the Jets who have gathered together. That moment is so huge because they lost their leader, and cool is such a great number because these dancers are being so led by their emotions the the anger and the loss and the sadness that they feel and and ice leading the way through it all and he also just you know he cuts a figure he's so tall and and not burly but tall and, and muscular you know so yeah great character he gets to lead an excellent number there in cool i, I like that shout out there i do have to say one of my Favorite performances. I know that Rita Moreno was kind of the star of the show here. Stealing it away from from Maria and Tony. I really like George Chakiris as well. All of the casting a Greek guy from Ohio as a Puerto Rican aside. He gives a really, really fun performance as Bernardo. Just so cocky. yet Cocky and confident. Yet cares deeply for the people in his life. Isn't afraid to put himself on the line, obviously, tragically. And he gives an excellent performance, I think, as well. Doing a lot of his... I mean, obviously, his own singing and dancing. I guess all of them are doing their own dancing, but doing a lot of his own singing as well. He didn't have too much to do, but just a a great performance. And he won an Oscar as well, which, again, I I didn't know. So the two supporting actors getting Oscar glory and uh, Bamer and Wood were were left out, unfortunately. I don't... Do you have any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? I feel like we could and should (laughs) say so much more, but I don't know if I have... Anything on my mind. I feel like there was maybe a topic. Actually, this is what I wanted to talk about. What did you think about Richard Boehmer as Tony? Because he's he's the person I almost brought up earlier as we were gonna as we were talking background, and I mentioned I wanted to save it for the review. He is one person who has not had a long life in Hollywood. Natalie Wood is obviously Natalie Wood, and she was nominated for a completely different movie at the Oscars this year. She was a huge star until her tragic death. Rita Moreno is still a Hollywood icon. George DeCuris got to go home with an Oscar. But Richard Boehmer did not have an illustrious and storied Hollywood career. And so for his most famous and biggest part, Christian, just what did you think of him? His Whether it's his chemistry with Natalie Wood or his, his individual scenes, what did you think?
1: You texted me that Ansel Elgort, who is playing Tony in the revival, looks a lot like Richard Boehmer. This is like post High school musical Zac Efron. Or like Zac Efron in high school musical. I'm trying to think of other people who fit the bill. It's a young-ish looking dude. Who's kind of buff. Who, until Elgort, maybe not necessarily kind of buff. At least that's not what comes to mind. But you know, it's a tall guy. Who looks, who's good looking. And carries a scene. In terms of what... People assume the fantasies would be filled with. I think this guy is very well cast. Now the thing is, is that this movie is not written around uh, Tony and Maria. It it's it's much more about the Sharks and the Jets as entities. I haven't read Romeo and Juliet in a while, but it, it it does kind of make me think. Maybe I should reread Romeo and Juliet thinking about the Montagues and the Capulets instead of the individual characters. And I think that Richard Beemer does a phenomenal job. Now, maybe if he had more screen time or like a more of he had more to do, we would be having a different conversation. I think he's well cast. I think he performs well and I think he's he's a leading man.
0: Yeah, I I came away thinking that he did a good job as well. And it's unfortunate that they didn't find someone who could do the singing as well. A lot of the actors are dubbed over in this movie, which was a, just a common practice at the time, unfortunately, and and sometimes still is used today. But that aside, I, I really did come away thinking, why did this guy have a bigger career in Hollywood? And I haven't done a deep dive on his life. So I couldn't tell you, I don't know if it's because the parts dried up or because he left Hollywood I can tell you there was a, this is just from his his Wikipedia page but there was apparently a documentary made about him called Whatever Happened to Richard Boehmer. <laughs> so we could go searching for answers if we wanted to watch that, I guess. Uh, I think he,
1: he lives in Idaho? It's yeah, something like that. No, Iowa. He lives in Iowa.
0: He he's been around. He had a role on Twin Peaks. So maybe Twin Peaks fans out there will be more familiar with him. He he has been in a few episodes of that show. But I agree with you. He he's not the most timeless or impressive leading man obviously when it comes to hollywood musicals but certainly does the job well and in this cast of teenage characters you get why they cast him handsome tall the right kind of look and he he wears his emotions uh, with the best of them i think <laughs> with all the the moments that that or all the feelings that tony has to go through from just this precipitous fall into love with maria and the the tragic horror of thinking that she's dead he really goes swings from end one end of the pendulum to the other and carries that well so good job richard Bamer.
1: <laughs> kudos to you from the cinema drip podcast i don't know if you mentioned this but did you mention that he was the one who directed whatever happened to richard Bamer? no <laughs> did he direct that? he directed it
0: oh my gosh i'm gonna direct a movie called <laughs> whatever happened to scotland's uh <laughs>
1: Maybe it should be called "Who is Scotland's"?
0: Ouch! Ouch, Christian! Ouch!
1: It was it was too easy. It was way too easy. It was too easy.
0: I'm only twenty five, Christian. Just you wait. Just you wait. I got a lot ahead of me.
1: Um... Bro, you're in your mid twenties.
0: <laughs> it's all it's all downhill from here. Who am I kidding?
1: Uh, and very last thought. I I need to get your opinion on something because of what my roommate loved most about this movie what were your thoughts on bernardo's purple suit (laughs) killer suit so oh man wear that to a job interview that you don't you won't need the interview
0: (laughs) the yeah the costumes in this movie are all outstanding more oscar-winning work For this this movie won almost every category that it was nominated for. It just destroyed at the Oscars that year, and the costumes got to join in the parade. They're so so good, from the ladies' dresses swishing and swaying as they dance to the guys looking great in their suits or looking cool in their street attire. Just well well done work all around there. And Bernardo's Bernardo's purple suit, maybe the the best male costuming moment in the movie. I won't take away some of the dresses. The dresses really win, but.
1: Very good. All right, Scott. That concludes our review of West Side Story. Currently available to stream on Prime. If you are like me and have not seen West
0: Side Story and you sat through the spoiler that I gave, sorry about that, you need to go watch it. It is available on Prime. It's a Hollywood classic, just one of those legendary movies that you need to see. So please do go watch West Side Story. And if you have seen it, go revisit it or if you've already done that i'm glad you could join in with us
1: anyway scott you know what movie we're gonna watch next week uh
0: normally i do and i have to be like i don't know christian what are we gonna watch next week but i actually don't know because (laughs) you were you were deciding between a couple so i like the listeners am waiting in anticipation for you to tell us what's coming next week
1: we're gonna watch the 1981 musical drama zoot suit available on netflix this is an interesting one this is an interesting one we are stretching the definition of musical it's much more a play with music than it is a musical though there are dance numbers and singing so we're gonna we're gonna see what you make of it it's also kind of filmed in front of an audience like it's a movie with an audience but the audience is like a character not, it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's, it, it, it'll, it'll be an interesting discussion next week for sure.
0: I uh, I am very excited to watch Zoot Suit. You had mentioned that as one of the options, so I I know a little bit about it now. I promise listeners, I wasn't lying to you. I didn't know that was the final choice until this moment, but I'm excited to check out Zoot Suit as we're going from West Side Story, which is just absolute classic Hollywood epitome of <laughs> the golden era. Uh, to a much smaller movie and much more off the beaten path in Zoot Suit. And so I'm excited to check out something pretty different, but still within our, our theme here, our, our blend of the month. So if you have reached this point in the episode, I have one correction to make. Christian, on Letterboxed, West Side Story is the second most popular movie from 1961. Do you know what the first most popular movie is?
1: Whatever it is, it's wrong.
0: It's Breakfast at Tiffany's, so I have to eat my words from earlier in the episode.
1: <laughs> it is that's wrong. That should not be the case.
0: Breakfast at Tiffany's is good, Mr. Yunioshi aside. From I've I've only listened it once, but I remember quite enjoying it. So
1: Okay, I have not seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'm completely talking out of my butt here. Would you say that Breakfast at Tiffany's is better than West Side Story?
0: I have not seen Breakfast at Tiffany's recently enough to say I can say I quite enjoyed West Side Story, so it would definitely be a, a close competition. Uh, Mr. Yunioshi is definitely pretty reprehensible, um, <laughs> so that might uh, affect my my opinion on a rewatch. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see, Christian. If you have reached this point of the episode and you heard the correction now, we do sincerely thank you for listening. Christian and I love watching movies and talking about them for you, so thank you for tuning into the podcast. There are a couple things that you can do here to support the show and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Number one, drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Helps us reach new listeners there and please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also send us some feedback at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. And we do have a shout out to offer this week. we love to shout out those of you who send in an email because obviously we ask you to do it with the promise that we will. So we wanna keep our word there. So big shout out to Jordan Brown for sending us an email this week. Uh, It is his pleasure to inform us that he's listened to every single Cinema Drip episode. So, Jordan, thank you so much. And he, like me, finally watched Gone Girl for the first time because of this podcast. So, Jordan, I'm glad that you enjoyed that as much as I did. I was really pumped to watch that for the first time for the show. And it sounds like from your email, so were you. Uh, Christian, I'm going to throw out some of Jordan's ideas for Blends of the Month here. And I want to see if you have any initial thoughts on them. So, Jordan suggested three for us. Number one... Uh, Bad movies that are enjoyable, a a classic theme. Uh, Number two was sequels done right or maybe sequels better than the original, perhaps. And the last one he suggested, and maybe the riskiest one for our time, (laughs) was TV miniseries, which would be a break from Cinema Drip, but maybe an interesting topic because we are in an interesting time where miniseries are becoming more cinematic than ever. So which of those stands out the most to you,
1: Christian? The sequels done right is interesting because i don't know how we would discuss that without mentioning the original but three come to mind like well four come to mind toy story 2 the godfather part 2 how to train your dragon 2 interesting (laughs) you don't think how to train your dragon 2 is better than the original i have not seen how to train your dragon
0: 2 i saw the first one a long time ago and that's it so (laughs) maybe i could be educated
1: oh dang it what was the last one? Oh, um i personally like two towers more than fellowship interesting
0: there you go uh i could talk about pitch perfect two superior to pitch perfect one perhaps in that <laughs> i am he,
1: i i honestly don't have stake in this but that is wrong for the simple reason that there's not a dub skylar astin uh, what uh, how, uh, how do you come away from
0: those movies being like scholar Aston's the man anyway thank you jordan for sending us an email and for giving us some ideas for a future show uh as listeners know we do take those suggestions seriously last month's magic may came from a listener so jordan thank you and if anybody else would like to send us some feedback again that email is cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com uh, the last couple of things that you can do to support us is follow us on social media Christian and I are on Letterboxd, where we are rating and reviewing the things that we're watching. And also, you can follow us on Twitter, as well as the show. Christian, any final thoughts for those listening along at home?
1: Nah. (laughs) Cool,
0: man. Cool. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for me and Christian, we'll be dance battling in the streets of Los Angeles. And until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.